What's up, y'all? It's your boy, NCHD, coming to you live. This is episode number one of the podcast. Thank you all who tuned into the introduction. Thank you for your feedback. It is much appreciated to all my friends and family. I love you. Thank you so much. Um, So today we're going to tap into my childhood. So title of this show is No Pain, No Gain. Well, being gay and being a kid was not easy. Um, You know, in our house, we're a blended family. So I had six older brothers and sisters, and then there were two under me. And the three of us lived in a house together. Um, I put a lot of my life on the back burner for them. Because I felt that I needed to be a role model and a good big brother for them. So they knew that their big brother loved them and I nurtured them. I took care of them, you know. Um, so that was a major piece to molding me into the man that I am now. Um, it's very interesting because I watched my father grow up with us. Um So that was very interesting because you think you're a man just because you turn 18, but you're not. You know, we go through situations and things. And it was now that I look back on it, it really was a blessing because it taught me some things, some things not to do, some things. You know, um, I learned a lot from that. Um, So I thank God for that, you know, and I can look at my dad and see where he is now. And I'm like, it's it's a wonderful thing. my mother, she has always been my core. She's been my rock, my cheerleader. She has always been the one to push me and tell me that I can do it. And, you know, she even to this day, my mother tells me, it ain't nothing you can't do, boy. You put your mind to it, you get it done. Um, and she's always given me that support. So being gay and being a child was, like I said, it was very difficult. Because I had to balance out, not only could I not display these things, you know, that I was feeling, but I also had to make sure my brothers were secure because I didn't want my lifestyle to sway them. Can you imagine being seven, eight, nine, going through all of this by yourself and nobody being there to talk to? You know, um, I can remember crying at night and nobody knew. And praying to God to take these feelings away from me because I didn't want to be this way. Just because of all of the criticism and things that I had heard and stuff that you would hear people say. And imagine being seven, eight, and nine and hearing that you're going to go to hell or you're going to burn. Or imagine hearing your family members talk about gay people. So at that point in time, I didn't have a voice. I couldn't say anything because I felt like If they knew this and I came out and said this, my own family would shun me, you know, like they would push me away. So no kid should have to carry that burden alone. You know, it's 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 a hard pill to swallow. 
I remember looking at boys and I remember thinking like, oh, he's fine, you know. But I also thought that women were pretty, but it was never that connection between the two. Um, I remember so many times of wanting to just scream because I walked around harboring all of this inside of me, not knowing how to release it. And I had nobody to release it to. You know, my mother kind of kept us, I ain't going to say she kept us sheltered, but I think I was her firstborn. So she was, I was her, she protected me. And she would let us, of course, you know, go out and play with kids and do the other thing kids do. But baby, when it came to going to spend it out over somebody's house, Jackie was not having it. So, you know, um, I can remember, you know, being with my auntie a lot. My aunt always took me and I would go play with my cousins, my older cousins and chill out with them and stuff for the weekend. And we would do stuff and just kind of hang out and everything. So I remember, you know, my aunt was like my refuge. She was my saving place, you know, because over there, my auntie didn't play with me either. But over there, you know, I just got to be around older kids and stuff. So that was a good thing for me. It was an outlet for me to be with my aunt. Um, so. I know y'all probably wonder why I titled this No Pain, No Gain. Um, so we're going to go into the issue of me being raped. We're going to talk about that topic. I remember begging my mom to go and spend the night over a friend's house. And I remember she was hesitant because, you know, like I said, she didn't really shelter me, but, you know, she just wasn't for going to spend the night over everybody's house. Um, and my dad definitely wasn't down for that shit most of the time. Um, but she caved in this one time and she said, okay, you can go. And I went over there, you know, over my friend's house and it was me, him and his brother and his mom had went to work and it was the three of us there. <clears throat> I can remember this like it was yesterday. Um, it's very hard and emotional to even talk about. I remember going over there as a kid. And I remember coming back home as a lost soul. The day she, his, my friend's mom went to work. The older brother fell asleep downstairs and the other brother, they about the same age. Um, I was younger than them. I was laying down in the bed. Um, I had on, I'll never forget. My mom had bought me some little He-Man pajamas. They were red shorts with a white shirt and it had He-Man on it with a blue background. And I remember laying in the bed. Cause it was time, I mean, my friend was asleep, all of us, you know, I was like, it's time to go to sleep. And I remember the other brother coming into the room. And I remember him covering up my mouth. I can still smell the smell that was on that pillow. I remember laying there, not knowing what was happening. 
my mouth was covered, my pants were pulled down, and there came anal penetration. There was pain. I remember the tears that were on the pillow. And when he was done, I remember him saying, if you tell anybody about this, they'll never believe it. And your mother and father won't love you anymore. That was one of the hardest things in life that I've ever endured. So I remember coming back home and I kind of just went into this little shell. I didn't know, you know, what to do. I knew I couldn't say anything because of what he told me. But for some odd reason, even at that age, I knew my innocence had been lost. And everything that my parents instilled in me it went out the door that day. Because now I felt like I was fighting for my manhood. I was fighting for my life. I was fighting just to be a black man. And then on top of that, at that age, I'm fighting to be gay. So let me break this down to you. Rape did, it tore me in two. But it also activated the button for my sexuality. In talking to a therapist about this and, you know, um, the way she broke it down is the way that I understood it to be too. But people think it's weird when you say this. I was being raped, but at the same time, my body was reacting to what was happening. And I mean, our bodies react to touches and feelings and things. So it was, it was, it was one of the most craziest moments in my life. Can you imagine all these thoughts running through my head at that time? So needless to say, for years, I found myself struggling with a depression, even being a kid. I didn't really want to deal with other kids sometimes. And then I built this wall where I was just like one of the most meanest things walking. Like, I didn't want to deal with you. I didn't want to be around you. I didn't want to even look at people, you know, and fighting to have a place, fighting to be heard. I didn't really know my mother then. I knew she was my mother and I knew she, she loved me, but I didn't know that I could go to her and say this. My father, I definitely couldn't say nothing about it because in the black community, the male is the alpha. That's what he's supposed to be. So what do I look like telling my father that another man did this to me? I felt like a fugitive just running and I did nothing wrong. I was an innocent kid who had these feelings, but I was molested. My innocence was taken from me. The gift that I'm supposed to give to somebody, which is my virginity, it was stolen from me. And that was something that I could never, ever get back. In becoming older, you know, 
there were girls that liked me. I've had sex with women before. Um, but in my mind, I never thought that it would physically work with a woman because I was like a can on a shelf with a dent in it. If you go into the store, nobody wants to buy the Denny can. Nobody cares about the Denny can when you got 20 other cans over here that are fine. So why buy this Denny can? I was damaged goods, y'all. That's how I felt. That's how I looked at myself. From my self-esteem, I remember wearing clothes that was too big, you know, and just, it was almost like I was trying to cover and hide myself. And then came me being promiscuous. As time progressed and I got older, you know, sex filled the void. That pain that I was feeling, sex filled it. So I thought. Doing things that I never thought that I would be doing. Having oral sex with people, going out and sleeping with this one and laying down with this one and doing things that I know damn well I had no business doing at all. Where am I? Who was I? Where was I supposed to be? God, is this my test? Is this what you put me through to prove that I can conquer this to make it to heaven? That's how I was feeling. The same God that I was praying to was the same God that allowed this to happen to me. And you can't tell me at the age of seven, eight, and nine that this is my test. Are you serious? So looking back, I wish I would have said something to somebody. I wish I would have told somebody what happened so they could have protected me and shielded me and did what was needed to be done to take this person off the streets that did that to me. One thing for certain, two for sure. The word no means no. You should never take something so precious for somebody. You took the gift for me that I was supposed to give to my first love or my wedding night or it was mine to give, period, and you stole it. So it's kind of hard to relive some of this and say stuff about, you know, what happened in my past, but we're going to tap into a whole lot. Um but parents, I tell you, if you notice the signs, talk to your kids. If you know or you have an inkling, talk to your kids. Keep an open communication with your kids. Be honest and open with them so they can be honest and open with you. My black parents, I tell you, the man cannot always be the alpha. Yes, he is strong and he is supposed to be the ruler of your household. But at the same time, give him a voice. Let him be able to say what he has to say without you labeling him as weak. 
to my brothers and my sisters, and I'm not talking about my family, I'm talking about friends, I'm talking about young people, period. Don't judge somebody because they're different from you. Take the time out to learn that person. You never know what they've been through. So I'm going to share a few things um, from a lady that I love and growing up, listening to her and reading from her, she really helped me conquer a lot. And that is Miss Maya Angelou. And some of these sayings and quotes that she had really, they really, really pierced my heart and it helped me to survive a lot. One of them was, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. The other one was, you alone are enough. You have nothing to prove to anybody. Then there was this one. If you find it in your heart to care for somebody else, you will have succeeded. That helped mold me into the person that I am. This is one of my favorites right here. We delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but rarely admit the changes it has gone through to achieve that beauty. Study that one and you'll understand. You don't know what it took for somebody to be the strong person that they are or what they had to endure in this life. I smile, but I smiled through a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. I played with kids while I was outside playing kickball and dodgeball, but I pressed through a lot of hurt. And no kid should ever have to go through that. You know? So, I'm closing out this episode. No pain, no gain. You know? And that's the true fact. And I can tell you what I gained from it in the next episodes to come. So, thank y'all for tuning in. This is your boy NCHD. Stay in love. Stay in kindness. Stay in peace. And most of all, stay true to you. And as usual, I don't own the right to this music. See ya.